I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. You've heard of quiet quitting, probably, but it also has its counterpart, quiet firing. And if you haven't heard of quiet quitting, I'd encourage you to listen to episode 75 of the Working Conversations podcast when I talked about it. In fact, I took a somewhat contrarian view on quiet quitting, suggesting that it isn't necessarily a terrible thing, especially for those who are looking for increased work-life balance. Instead of giving it your all all the time, it might be okay to put in the minimum amount of effort. That's going to work only if you're not gunning for a promotion or to quickly climb the corporate ladder in your organization. Okay, now on to today's topic, quiet firing. Quiet firing is a technique that's been around forever. It's just got a sexy new name after all the buzz about quiet quitting. What is quiet firing, you ask? It's essentially making the workplace or the job unappealing and edging an employee out of the company in hopes that they quit so that you don't have to outright fire them or lay them off. In fact, most of the time, there really aren't grounds at all for dismissal. The employee may not be working up to standards and rather than address it, either to correct the behavior or terminate the employee if it's egregious, the employer just makes it so unbearable that the employee eventually leaves willingly. It doesn't typically go quite so far as a hostile work environment, but the job in the workplace becomes so miserable that the employee sees no other choice than to leave. Now, there are lots of ways that this can occur, and here are some of the most common. No advancement. The employee is getting continually passed over for promotions and advancement. Colleagues are whizzing by them when it comes to raises and better roles. Location change. Assigning the employee to a location that's less than desirable. That may mean needing to come back to the office if they've been working from home. Or it could mean being assigned to another location or building, as in the retail, restaurant, or construction industry. Or it could mean being assigned to a less than desirable desk or office space within the building. Boring work. The employee gets the boring work, the worst projects. Every job has tasks that appeal less than others, but in quiet firing, the employee is left with an almost only unpleasant list of tasks. Micromanagement. Someone is always checking in on the employee, adding check-ins and reviews of work that just really aren't necessary. No management whatsoever. Or it might be the opposite of micromanagement where the employee is practically forgotten about. This could include canceling one-on-one check-ins regularly and getting next to no guidance or mentorship. Lack of delivery on promises. The employee has been promised a training class or a flexible work schedule or whatever that promise is, it never gets followed through on. Lack of shifts for an hourly employee. In retail or restaurant work or other industries where employees are working shifts and paid hourly, the employee being quietly fired gets fewer shifts than others or fewer shifts than they desire. While these are some of the most common, 
some managers have resorted to darker, more covert tactics. One manager I read about reached out to several headhunters or recruiters and explained that they had someone that would be better suited to another company. The recruiters were more than happy to find placement for this person, and the manager didn't have to deal with it directly. In fact, the employee got multiple calls from the recruiters and ended up with multiple offers to choose from. In another example, a manager addressed an underperforming employee by setting strict targets that the employee needed to hit. Each day, each single day, the manager would check the progress on those targets. The employee was still not meeting the targets after a couple of weeks, and so the manager made it clear that it was only a matter of time before an incident would occur that would lead to some sort of discipline that would have negative repercussions for their career. The employee resigned the following week. Now, while this is not an exhaustive list, and some of these examples are rather dark and approaching insidious, it does give you a flavor of what's occurring when quiet firing takes place. As you may have surmised by now, quiet firing does not have a great reputation. And when you think about it, these various practices I just mentioned are not really on the up and up. It's perhaps the most passive-aggressive way to get someone out of your organization. And it's really not fair to the employee to not be straight with them if they're either not working at or above performance expectations or if they're just not a good fit for your team or your organization's culture. And it doesn't reflect well in your company either. When word gets out that quiet firing is occurring, people are going to be very turned off by that, especially Gen Z. Check out episode 102 of the Working Conversations podcast, How Gen Z is Shaping the Future of the Workplace, to find out why Gen Z cares so much about your company values and why they will ghost you if there isn't a values match. It doesn't reflect well on your leadership skills either if you're a a manager who's practicing it. Now, perhaps the biggest challenge with quiet firing is when managers don't even realize they're doing it. They might be well-intentioned human beings who just keep telling themselves that they should talk to that employee about how their performance is slipping, but they're just too darn busy to hold the conversation. And they're secretly wishing the employee would just simply leave of their own accord. And then the whole difficult performance coaching conversation could be avoided entirely. So how about just be straight with them about it? Ha, but I'm getting ahead of myself. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Okay, remember how I said it's not a new phenomenon? This concept has been around for decades. We used to call it coaching someone out of the position or coaching someone out of the organization. I'll talk more about that a little bit later on when I talk to you about how you can use this technique responsibly and ethically. But now we've given it this sexy new name of quiet firing. All right, first though, let's look at when this happens. I think there are four types of quiet firing. First, we have what I call the uninformed negligent manager. 
These are the managers who are oblivious that they're doing this. This may be because the manager is either overworked themselves or they're just not equipped with an effective tool set in their management toolbox. As a result, managers fail to have frequent meetings where they share meaningful feedback, both positive and constructive, about how the employee is doing. So they just really don't know. The employee doesn't know where, where they stand. In this case, the manager doesn't realize that they're doing a poor job of clarifying expectations and priorities and, in fact, doing a poor job of managing. I think of this as an inept and benign sort of quiet firing. may not be the manager's intent at all. They just maybe don't have good management skills yet. Second, we've got the conflict avoidant manager. These are managers who know that their employee is not working to or at expectation level. These managers avoid confrontation and hope the employee quits on their own so as to not have that difficult conversation. And there are a couple of reasons that the manager might behave this way. On one hand, the manager might think that the hiring of this employee was a mistake. Maybe they inherited the employee, and they don't think that the employee has the potential to perform up to the expectations of the role. Now, sometimes that may be true, but other times it might just be that the employee needs a different style of management or support. In these cases, employees often move on, looking not only for a better role, but for better leadership skills from a different boss. Now, on the other hand, the manager might just be plain old conflict avoidant. The manager's afraid of having difficult conversations and doesn't want to be the bad guy, so they avoid the employee and avoid having the difficult conversation, and they desperately wish for the employee to quit so they don't have to deal with it. I'd like to suggest in these cases that it's not that the manager isn't capable of having such a conversation, they just haven't been taught how. See the show notes for where to get a copy of my book head on, how to approach difficult conversations directly, where you can get a step-by-step process to hold any kind of difficult conversation, including ones just like these. There's also plenty of other training out there, and there's other episodes of this podcast that also talk about holding difficult conversations. It's entirely learnable. Third, and you can probably see that these are going in order from the most benign to the most malevolent. Third, we've got the cost-conscious manager. This is a manager who's trying to avoid the expense of outright firing someone or laying them off. It's expensive in both time and dollars to document and proceed through an employee's termination in a way that keeps the organization protected from legal or other repercussions. The manager who's quietly firing to avoid time and resources needed to fire someone is not acting courageously, and it could be costing both the organization and themselves more time and energy than dealing with the employee straight away. And again, it does have brand repercussions. We've heard of this happening recently at Tesla and Facebook. And finally, we've got the fourth type, managers on the dark side. These are managers who have a dark and insidious side. Rather than deal with the situation head on, they look to work a dark angle where they can manipulate the employee into quitting. I have to wonder just exactly what went down earlier in that manager's life such that this seems like acceptable behavior. Clearly, this is not how we are meant to treat one another. This approach assumes no positive intent, not on the employee side or the manager side, and it does not reflect well on the manager or the organization. It also may leave the organization open to litigation if the quietly fired employee is litigious and has kept careful records, especially with comparative data on how others in the same role were being treated. Okay, so now we know what it is, what quiet firing is, and a variety of reasons why it might be occurring. 
Let's just agree that this is not the way you want to manage if you supervise the work of others. It's underhanded, undermining, and unethical. It can create a toxic work environment and lead to larger problems down the road. Plus, some of those you want to keep may observe it happening and decide that the organization is just not consistent with their personal values. And that's not just Gen Z talking. That's any employee who observes that sort of unethical behavior and then just decides they don't want to work for that company or that manager anymore. So let's look at what to do instead. In short, my advice is simple. Be straightforward with the employee and work to either coach them up to performance level or out of the organization if they're really not a good fit for the role or the company. There's nothing wrong with coaching someone into a better fitting role within the company or outside of the company if you're doing it with integrity and you're honoring both the other person and yourself truly. In fact, it might be the most ethical thing you can do in service to that employee and to your organization. So have the courage to hold the difficult conversation. If you can't do that, I'm going to be so bold as to say you shouldn't be in a management or leadership role. Now, maybe you weren't born with that skill set, but it is entirely learnable. I've already shared a few resources, so go get yourself some education on it. And when you do have an underperformer, talk to them about it and set clear and measurable goals. Set those goals with them, not for them and come up with a reasonable approach to tracking the goals that isn't micromanagement. And when you have really dicey situations or conflict among those you manage, it's okay to call in backup. Get help from your human resources team or a consultant like myself. If you're a manager and you find yourself overly busy, make it a point to reprioritize your to-do list so that you're not giving your direct reports the short shrift. They may interpret your lack of time for them as pushing them out the door. So hold those one-on-ones with them. Give them feedback on how they're doing, both the upside and the downside. Talk to them about career development. Offer growth opportunities in the form of training, mentoring, and making strategic introductions for them within the organization. Also, make sure you're acknowledging employees for their contributions and help them see a future with the company. Give them raises when you can and be transparent when you can't. In one situation that approaches coaching someone out the door, it falls short, and I'll tell you why, a manager addressed an underperforming employee by asking them to define their ideal job. Now, this is a great coaching technique, defining their ideal job. So the employee went ahead and defined their ideal job, and it was a role that was far different from the one that they were hired to do. After articulating what they really wanted to be doing, the employee realized it wasn't a match the employee ended up quitting six months later. Now, here's where the manager went wrong. After the employee articulated what they really wanted to be doing, the manager should have stepped in and then provided some additional coaching, offering to make some connections and help them find the role that they really wanted to be doing. So in this example, the manager is almost coaching, but Letting the employee ride it out and make their own decision without some further coaching is a little bit, well, maybe more than a little bit, passive aggressive. So to truly have coached the employee out of the organization, the manager would have needed to be more straightforward with that staff member after they articulated their ideal position and then straight away told them that they were not going to get the opportunity to do that. 
Again, a true coaching approach would offer support in helping them transition out of the organization and into another place that was a better fit rather than attempting to do it covertly or just waiting it out. So there you have it, my friends, quiet firing. What it is, the four different kinds of ways it manifests, why you shouldn't do it, and what to do instead. If you enjoyed this content, please do me the kind favor of sharing it with just one person. That is my ask of you today. Please share this episode or another episode that you have enjoyed with just one person. It will make a significant difference for me. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you get notified every time there's a new episode. I'm also starting to make some other videos on YouTube as well. So even if you're listening on a podcast player, you're going to want to head over to YouTube and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Wherever you're listening or watching, please leave me a review. It helps other listeners find me and it just plain old makes me feel good. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.